Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. I decided to keep the suspense going, you know what I mean? I didn't know if I was supposed to really come out or not, you know? I don't know. This is my, never done this before. How y'all doing? Good, good. All right, cool. On October 23rd, 2018, I had a dream that I felt was from the Lord. You ever had a dream, a prophetic dream that you felt was from the Lord? I had a dream where I felt uh, it was from the Lord. And uh, so after this dream, I woke up, I recorded it on my phone, and uh, I asked the Lord for an interpretation And I never really got an interpretation until a few days ago. And I felt like he said to share the dream and the interpretation with you here today. And so the dream I had, I was uh, was in the park. We were all, I was in the park with a lot of people. We had a DJ going and we we were having just, you know, a great time uh, partying it up, you know, doing life, living life. Um, And all of a sudden I looked to my right and I could see on the horizon were two great pride of lions just walking, casually walking into the park. I'm thinking to myself, what is going on? And we're scared. We see this happening right before our eyes. All the people are scared. The DJ stops the music. Everybody's running frantic. Everybody's terrified. I'm terrified. I'm, I'm going and I'm hiding. And the lions, what I noticed is that they're never chasing after anybody. They were only walking casually. And so I saw one of the lions, a locked eye contact with one of the lions, and I was shook. And I was thinking to myself, I didn't know anything else to do but to say, what's up? (laughs) The lion looked at me, started talking to me. I'm like, what? It's like this lion's talking to me. So this lion's talking to me, but he's talking friendly. And he was the most friendly lion I've ever met. I mean, I don't really rock around with lions that much. I mean, you know, but, but this lion was talking and it was friendly and, and I'm walking and, and we're talking and, and, and other lions are coming and we're having a conversation and the people who were hiding out were like, what are you doing? Clay, what are you doing talking to that lion? You know, you're about to get got. And I was like, well, I got these lions out here. Like, they're actually my friends. Like, they're cool. And then I woke up. I'm like, oh, what's up, with the, what's up with that dream? Give me the interpretation of that dream. And, and I felt the Lord a few days ago just say, hey, you remember those lions in that dream? Go back and listen to the dream. Those lions are actually the sons and daughters of God. And that Proverbs, that Proverbs 28.1, the righteous are bold as lions came up. I'm like, wow, that's right. So yeah, those, those lions were sons and daughters of God. And those people who were terrified, knees all knocking and everything, Clay, hey, those are, those are people who are actually indicative of how the enemy feels when, actually, when Christians actually come out from the church and engage the community. I was like, wow, God, that's crazy. Personally, I feel like there are some bold lions in the house right now. I feel like there are some bold lines in the house right now, but I also feel like the enemy has been sending interruptions after interruptions to the church to distract us from living who we are designed to be. 
I believe that the enemy's been working overtime, y'all, to sow doubt, to sow confusion, to, to, the, to the place where it doesn't even cross our minds to live as bold as lions in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of an interruption like this. Listen, we are indeed living in a perilous time. We are indeed living in a tough time. This is unprecedented territory we are stepping into in history. We're nervous, we're anxious, we're confused right now. And to add insult to injury, to add to all the craziness, the church isn't meeting the way it used to. And we know that this has created cause and pause for concern for many. This is, this is why it's imperative. This is why it's imperative to hear the word from the Lord. This is why it's so imperative to make sure that we are listening to God and listening for God because I believe God has a word for the church. I believe that God has a word for the church that will bring both comfort and courage, both comfort and courage for us in these days as we were reminded, as we are reminded to live bold as lions, y'all, as we are reminded live bold as lions. So we're going to go in as we talk about the triune church. Say it with me, triune church as we go in. All right. Are y'all ready? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, come. Open hearts, Lord. Open minds, Lord. May we hear what it is you want to say today. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' sake, amen. And amen, amen. We are in a series, Essential, What Matters Most Now. What Matters Most Now, where we are talking about actually what matters most now, (laughs) right? But for the house during this time. And last week, we were introduced to this concept called winnowing. Can you say winnowing? Winnowing, a process where we throw up wheat in the air, and allow the wind to take the waste matter, allow the wind to take all the junk away, and and only what's essential falls to the ground, right? And I believe Holy Spirit wants to winnow the church. What do you mean, Clay? Whoa, 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 what do you mean? I believe that he wants to blow away some things that have been keeping us distracted from what matters most now. Because I believe the enemy is using this interruption as a distraction, distracting us from being the church everywhere we go, distracting us from being who it is we are, bold as lions. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Churches we know it, y'all, it looks a lot different, doesn't it, than it did B.C., before COVID. <laughs> church, church looks a lot different than it did B.C., and, and many of us are probably feeling lost, real talk, confused, nervous, anxious, even mad right now. Like, you know, what is the government trying to shut the church down? They're overstepping their boundaries. Or, or when will we ever get back to worship in the way that things used to be? You know? Oh, I don't even, you know, understand or know what the future state of the church is. And you're talking about being bold as lines, Clay. What's up? I don't know. Or, or is this COVID thing, is this COVID dictating terms for the church? Who's really leading the church anyway? Who's leading this thing? Well, the early church in Acts, they were going through similar types of interruptions, probably a lot worse. 
Check it out. In Acts, the church in Jerusalem was thriving, was thriving, okay? They had people coming to the Lord. They, their numbers were blowing up. It was all like diggy, diggy, donkey Kong. I mean, it was crazy. They did community well, and I'm sure Peter was preaching that fire, girl. I'm sure P- Peter was preaching that fire all the, way, all the way with the church. Peter, James, and John, I mean, they were doing community right. They were probably meeting in house groups, you know, cooking up that lamb, you know, roasting and lamb and the house groups everywhere they went. They were doing community. They were doing life in community. They were at El Toro. They were at Seven Saints with them cheese curds, though. They were, they were at, you know, Chick-fil-A all day. They were at, they were at Chipotle with the extra guac. I mean, they had it, they had it going on everywhere in the community and they worshiped and they did communion together, I'm sure. But something crazy took place. See, Christians began losing their lives. It was open season for the Christian and it was no longer safe. Hear me out now. It was no longer safe to meet in large gatherings. The church scattered throughout the region just to stay safe. It was total chaos for the church. And in Acts 8.1, it's recorded like this. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria. I'm sure people were like, oh, well, I guess that's it for the church. I mean, what's going on? Like, what's, I, I don't understand. Like, what's going on with the church? We're all scattered. What's, I'm sure Peter were getting calls like, hey, yo, yo, Peter, bro, can you please give me a timeline, Pete, on when the building is going to open? <laughs> what? You mean do church where we are? Bro, do you know where I am? I'm in Samaria, cuz. I'm, I'm out here with Samaritans talking about doing church with a Samaritan. Really? Man, okay, we got to do something about this persecution because man, I want to get fed. We need to open up the building back up. Do church wherever we are, huh? Okay, whatever. I mean, that's probably not how the conversation went, but you know what I'm saying. They, had, they, they, were, they were in anxiety mode. They were probably trying to figure out what is going on. They had persecution and, and we're dealing with an interruption. It sounds a lot like what we're dealing with today, with the corona, interrupting, interrupting us. For some of us, this has been a very hard time, and I'm not trying to make light of that. It's, it's been a very hard time. It's been a very hard time for me, my family. It's been a very hard, hard time for our, our staff, for our church. It's been a hard time for everyone. And there's been much to do about what are the government's doing? What's this going on? What, when, are we, when are we doing church? What, what's going on? What's going on? We need to get fed. But the reality is, God leads the church. And if God leads the church, the church will never be shut down. The church will never be shut down because God's people can never be shut down. And if God's people can never be shut down, we are going to continue to flow with the power of Holy Spirit in us because we can be the church wherever we go. Wherever we go. You see, the people knew this to be the case back in the day in the early church, and they just needed to be reminded of this. While Jesus was on his grind in his earthly ministry, he said something. He said a mic drop bar, a mic drop bar. Check it out in Matthew 16, 18. It says this, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
Now, this is the first time he mentions anything about church. First time, right? In the New Testament. First time in the Bible that you see church mentioned. So on the first mentioned principle, we should make sure that we understand what Jesus is talking about. Break it down. Bring it in this context. What's it mean? What's he saying? So church translated to ecclesia in the Greek, which actually means an assembly or gathering of the people of God. So it's actually more about the people gathering and less about the place. So church is, is, is more about the people and really not even about the building. When I was a kid, I remember hearing my mom, you know, I was a drug baby. Mama drug me to church every Sunday and every Wednesday, okay? So she, I remember hearing my mom say, Clay, it's time to wake up because we got to go to church. And I remember waking up. I'm like, okay, mom, I'm good, I'm good. And now I'll put the snooze on her. I'll hit the snooze button on her. Because the night before, I would, you know, be up too late watching Arsenio Hall or In Living Color or something. Just doing what teenagers did on Saturday nights back in the day. And then moments later, I remember hearing my mom tone change just a little bit. It's 15 minutes before we got to go. She don't hear nothing up in the room. And she's like, boy, you better get up out of that bed and get up because we got to go to church. And I just got up and I, you know, got my act together, put my church clothes on because we had our church clothes we had to put on and church shoes because we had church shoes. See, in my house, listen, we had our play shoes, we had our school shoes, and we had our church shoes, not to get them twisted, okay? You know? So that's how it was. And so growing up for me, church was more like an event. Church was more like a place. I thought it was a building. Who can relate here? Anybody? Shout out to my mom. I love you, mom. I know you you wasn't trying to say that at all. But that's not what Jesus is saying, is it? He's not saying church is an event. He's not saying it's a building. He's saying church is the people. And I'm not just trying to say it's just about a group of any people. It's sons and daughters of God coming together to make a difference in the world because of the power of God in them. We, we are the church. Someone look to your neighbor and say, we are the church. Someone type in the chat, we are the church. Sullivan, you with me? We are the church. I can hear you. I can hear you. So let's go back to Matthew 16, 18 for a second. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. After reading this, I noticed two important promises about the church. Two important promises that should bring both comfort and courage That should bring both comfort and courage to the believer. And that's the first promise is this, that God will build his church. That God will build his church. It's not up to us building the church. God will build his church. And this should bring us comfort. And I'm not talking, uh, and I'm talking about the whole Godhead, the whole Trinity. Here at the Vineyard, we believe in something essential. We believe in the Trinity. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit, You see, we believe that we grow in relationship with the Father, that we grow in our identity in Christ, 
in Jesus, and that we go into our destiny with Holy Spirit. And that that's all plays a part of one another. We grow in our relationship. We grow in our identity. We grow in our destiny. We keep growing in our relationship, our destiny, and our identity. But the Trinity is also a major part of the church, of the church. We see them doing life with the church. Um, Father, or, or, or Jesus is the head of the church. We form like Voltron, and Jesus is the head. Some of y'all got that. But, but we, Jesus is the head of the church. Holy Spirit runs the church, and all because Father God gave the church the most generous person you'll ever meet. Check out what it says in John 17, where it's recorded that Jesus is praying to the Father about his people. So the priestly prayer of Jesus praying for the church in the world. And in verse six, he says this, I have revealed you, Father God, to the ones you, Father God, gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me and they kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. Wow. So we see that, that, the, that the church is actually a gift given to Jesus, given to Christ to be the head. No wonder why we're called the bride of Christ. We were given to Jesus. So Father God gave the church the most generous person you will ever meet to Christ. He's also given gifts to the church today. How so, Clay? He's given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Check out what it says in Acts 1-4, okay? So Jesus tells his team, he says, guys, I've been telling you that I'm about to bounce out of here, all right? I'm about to get, it's about to get real, real right, right now, and I'm about to dip, baby, dip. No, I'm about to go. And, and when, when I go, Holy Spirit's going to come. But you need to stay in Jerusalem. Stay in Jerusalem so you can receive this gift, why? Because when you receive Holy Spirit, you're going to be endued with power from on high so that you can be bold, effective witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So stay, stay put in Jerusalem because the Father, he promised you a gift and it's gonna be, it's gonna be money. It's gonna be so good. And I believe, and I wanna reiterate that truth today. I believe that today we still need the presence and infilling of Holy Spirit to be effective, bold witnesses to the ends of the earth. And I pray that if you have not been filled up, if you have not been filled up, people listening online, if you have not been filled up by the presence of the almighty God, by being filled up with his presence, his spirit, Holy Spirit on you, do not leave the chat rooms without getting someone to pray for you. Do not today here in the church, in the building, do not leave 
without someone praying for you to be filled up so you can be effective witnesses, bold witnesses. Jesus made it in, in, in an imperative to his team. Don't leave. I know I taught you, but don't leave. And it's an imperative today. Don't leave until you get filled up if you want to truly get this thing to be the church. To be the church. Let's go. So, so he, he was about trying to fill him up, and, and, and God gave that gift. He gave that gift. Can I get an amen? He gave that gift, and he's still giving it today. So the second half of Matthew 16, 18 should bring us courage. First promise should brought us comfort because Trinity is in us. The Trinity is in us. The second half should bring us courage. The gates of hell will not prevail against or conquer or overpower the church. It's interesting how Jesus says gates of hell. What are gates designed to do? Protect, to keep things out. What Jesus is saying is that the church no longer needs to play it safe. The church no longer needs to play defense. The church no, no, no longer needs to be like, oh, you're a sinner. Get away, get away. Ah! No, he's not saying that. He's saying now we can go on the offense. Now we can storm the gates of hell. We can go at it. Yeah, listen, listen, Jesus came, he conquered, he came to the world, the enemy was ruling the world, he came to the world, willingly gave his life for the world, died, rose again, and he had all authority in heaven and earth and under earth given to him, and now he's given us that same authority to have fun storming the gates of hell. So let's go. I believe Jesus wants us to storm the gates of hell, but he wants us to do it together as the church, not as no lone ranger crusade, as a church with a plan. Let's go. He's given us full permission. The enemy, he's been trying to stop this church from the beginning. But this promise here should stir courage in us. Why? Because the church is unstoppable. Can someone look to your neighbor and say, the church is unstoppable? Someone type in the chat, the church is unstoppable. Come on. You see, the enemy has tried to steal, kill, and destroy the church from the beginning, and he's been unsuccessful time and time and time and time and time again. And I know that it feels right now that the enemy is prevailing right now. One can look at the proverbial scoreboard and see that it looks like the church is fighting a losing battle. That's how the church in Acts, the baby church in Acts felt too, I'm sure. Yeah, I didn't finish the story. Remember how they were persecuted. They were getting slain on the streets. It was open season on the Christians. It was not safe to meet in, in open public gatherings because of their lives were, were in jeopardy. And as a result of being scattered all across Asia Minor, as a result of going to Judea and Samaria, there were churches planted everywhere they went. Churches in Judea, bam! Churches in Samaria, bam! Churches in Ethiopia, bam! Let's go! People were coming to Christ left and right, and they experienced the most growth that the church has ever seen to up to that point. 
And this is exciting to hear. Why? Why is that exciting to hear? Because all around the world, all around the world, ding, ding, dong, ding, 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 dong. Okay. All around the world, there's been an interruption. And all around the world, the church has scattered. So I believe that we are poised. We are poised. We are poised to see historical growth in a historic time. Because we are the church. We are the church with an amazing Jesus who's operating as the head, leading the church, with a brilliant administrator in Holy Spirit running the church, and a Papa God that's so generous, giving left and right to the church. Y'all, we can't lose. We are the church, and we can't lose. I feel like we have an incredible opportunity to see the most church growth that the kingdom has ever seen because all around the world, there's interruption, and all around the world, the church is scattered. Do the math. We can plant more churches than ever, but it's going to require some winnowing of some motives. And I know I don't like winnowing either. I I don't like pruning. I don't even like the the disciplining process. I didn't like spankings back in the day. I didn't, I don't like them now. It's hard, it's painful. It hurts sometimes. But I believe that it's necessary for us in order to rise up like lions we are. I believe that there's some winnowing required Winnowing of some stinking thinking. Winnowing of selfish ambition. For example, when, when it's time to gather, when it's time to gather and do church, when it's time to come in and do church, is it more about us or more about him? There's nothing wrong with gathering. I love gathering. In fact, I love everyone here. I wish we'd do this every day, all day. I miss you guys. I'm tired of preaching to a stinking camera. I mean, I love, I love the camera. I love y'all more, though. I love you guys more. I want to see you. We love you. We want this. But do we come to church to receive, 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 receive because it's about me, 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 me? Or do we come to church to receive, to receive, to receive, with the intention to pour out to our community, to pour out to our neighborhood, to pour out to our schools, our workplace, so we can be the church wherever we go. We freely receive so we can freely give. And at the end of the day, bold lions know it's more blessed to give than receive. And if God is leading and building this church, which he is, and if the gates of hell shall not prevail, it, it won't, then I feel that we are invited on a journey, a journey of winnowing selfish ambition so that we can be about advancing the kingdom agenda for the sake of a dying world. And when we realize who we are, when we actualize who we are, when we, when we are galvanized in who we are, There's nothing the enemy can do to stop it. We are the church. You guys think that COVID spread and all that stuff is happening? You know what? The church will spread all the more. 
You think that the tension and the vision in America and around the world is spread? You know what? The church will spread all the more. Why? Because the church is unstoppable and there's nothing the enemy can do to stop the spread of the church because we are the church. We are the church. The Trinity is building and leading their church. The Trinity is building and leading their church. And the gates of hell will not prevail. And this should be, give us reason all the more for comfort and courage so that the people of the Lord can rise up. So the people of the Lord can rise up. You got that Hamilton in me. I know, I know. I've been watching Hamilton a lot. But, but, but listen, I'm not saying that we shouldn't meet. No, we should, all, we should never forsake the gathering of the saints. But what I am suggesting is that I believe God, who promises to build this church, who promises that the gates of hell will never prevail, is winnowing the church by winnowing motives and selfish attitudes. And so we can be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. So we can be filled with his presence. So that we can be bold, actualize, and realize that we are bold as lions and we can be bold with witnesses for the sake of a dying world. So the question I have is this, will you receive the winnowing and infilling of God? Will you receive the winnowing, albeit painful, but also the infilling of God? May we be winnowed of our motives in, in this church so we can repent of whatever we need to repent of, be filled up with, with him and rise up, rise up to take courage and comfort to know that we can be the church, that we can be the church wherever we go. Church, may we rise up to be bold as lions. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, here I am. Here we are. We surrender. We give it all to you. We bless your holy name and we say to come and have your way even more, Lord. We repent for anything that's gotten in the way of making your name famous, Lord, of advancing your agenda and being the church wherever we go. We pray that you give us the grace, Lord, the grace to continue to press onward, onward to be bold as lions because we are your righteous sons and daughters and righteous heirs to your throne. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' sake, amen? Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great, great time. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or Join our Vineyard Life Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.